Welcome to POP. My name is Pastor Tony Katko. This is a shortened version of our sermon from Maundy Thursday during Holy Week from April 14th. During worship, we read from Matthew chapter 27, the scene of Jesus' trial. At the end of this trial, Pilate says, I've washed my hands, I'm innocent of this man's blood. And then here's what the crowd says in response. His blood, Jesus' blood, his blood be on us and on our children. Now, first of all, let's not take this strange moment too literally. I don't think the point is that this whole crowd was so in sync with one another, they spoke this strange line immediately together. It seems like Matthew gives this line to the crowd to make a point. You see, when something awful happens, we usually want to find out who's to blame. So then we can get justice for who's responsible. But when we read this story, it's clear that there are a lot of people with blood on their hands. And it's not actually just the crowd. Think about Pilate. He says he's innocent because of it's the crowd's decision. But still, the Roman soldiers who are under his authority, they're the ones who crucified Jesus. So he may have acted like he was innocent, but Pilate had blood on his hands. And then there were the chief priests that set up Jesus to be arrested. Then there's Judas who betrayed his friend and master. And then there's also the rest of the disciples. Right before Jesus is arrested, he tells them this, you will all become deserters because of me on this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. And sure enough, they all abandon him. And Peter, who swore that night that he would never back down and he would die before he denied his Lord, within a few hours of saying that, he denied Jesus three times to save himself. So even the disciples, had some blood on their hands. And then there were the Jewish extremists, the terrorists that were known as zealots. This is what Barabbas was, by the way, the other criminal that was released instead of Jesus. These zealots, like Barabbas, were known for finding Roman soldiers in a crowd, stabbing them in the back, and then running off. And like all extremists, they believed their cause was justified because the Romans deserved it, but certainly they had blood on their hands. And then the soldiers who crucified Jesus, they might just have been following orders, but they also might have enjoyed that chance to hurt someone, to show the people who killed their brothers in arms that the Romans stood together. So either way, the soldiers had blood on their hands and the crowd played their part too. They preferred this violent zealot like Barabbas to this man of radical peace and love, Jesus, and they called for his death. So in Matthew's gospel, when Matthew says the people as a whole say his blood is on us and on our children, it's meant for everyone. None of our hands are clean. Even though we like to find the bad guys to blame, Jesus' journey to the cross shows us that everyone is complicit. This is not a story of the enemies of God versus the righteous. It's a story that shows that other than Jesus, no one's hands are clean which reminds me of coffee. With COVID, it's been a long time since we've served coffee at church, but we're starting that coffee service up again. And a few of us did this tasting at a local coffee shop. This is where we're gonna get our beans from, and this shop roasts and sources their own beans. And like a lot of these specialty, specialty roasters, they want to have really good coffee that speaks for itself. But another important part of their business model is what they call ethical and sourceable tracing. 
And that basically means that as much as possible, they work directly with farmers that they try to personally visit, and they try to find out if the workers are all being paid what they should, and then that's who they buy their coffee from. And I think this is really important to do everything we can to get coffee that comes from an ethical source. But I also remember reading this book that went through the whole supply chain of coffee. And this book mentioned a report that estimates that if everyone in the supply chain of the coffee production was paid US minimum wage, it would cost about $27 to produce one cup of coffee. So the point is, there are so many parts of the supply chain that are completely outside of our control. And no matter how hard we try, we all contribute to these practices that exploit other people. But on the other hand, if we don't spend money and support these industries, that isn't always better either for the people who are poor and exploited. And that's not just for coffee, that's how our world works. There is a lot that is simply outside of our control. When we think of the Roman world, everyone was part of these systems that would help the people with money and power keep their money and power. And the same thing is true today. I don't think that most of us want to be greedy people who exploit one another, but we are all a part of systems that do it. Whether we like it or not, we all have blood on our hands. But there's also another meaning when we talk about Jesus' blood that is not a curse. During the Last Supper, Jesus gives us this ritual of Holy Communion, and he says this, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. You see, Jesus' blood doesn't condemn us. It forgives us. Jesus makes it clear that we are loved, we are accepted, we are forgiven. So when we say there is blood on our hands, that means that we are all complicit and we are all forgiven. We are guilty of things that we have done, whether we knew it or not, that we shouldn't have done, and we're guilty of not doing things that we should have done. But at the same time, we are set free from living in that guilt because God loves us and accepts us and forgives us no matter what. Amen.